the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Sylvester. As always, I'm joined by producer JP Gale, and today we have guest Justin McMahon back to help us prepare our DFS lineups for Week 10. Justin is the co-founder of DailyFantasyInsider.com, which is a great website. I love going there. Uh, they've been really successful. He's been really successful in the DFS world, having won over a quarter million dollars. Hey, Justin, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I always love coming on. So how have you guys been doing over there? I've, I, I've been watching uh, and seen you're playing a lot more hockey, and I know you're not a big hockey guy, but it seems like you're winning all the time. Yeah, you know, I mean, NBA is has been a slow starting sport every season for me. Um, and it's it's just there's a lack of data as the teams change so much. So I've really just been focusing more on hockey. Uh, and I still play NBA, but I'm playing a lot more hockey. And like you said, we're having a lot of success. We've just found some some cool stats for hockey. And I think there's just a lack of knowledge out there for the most part about any lines beyond the first and second line of any team. I'll tell you, I have no knowledge about hockey. Um, but, you know, the thing is with basketball, until you get into the season, in, into the middle of the season where there's a bunch of people hurt and you've got those cheap value plays, that's when the game gets so much easier. And um, and then you can toss uh, predictable stars out in the lineup. Right now, it's just kind of like baseball where, you know, I, I know you've had a lot of success in baseball, but it's kind of a crapshoot. Like, uh, there's so much volatility in the sport um, that you just kind of have to hit a bunch of home runs where later in the basketball season you don't. Fortunately, in football, I think it's the easiest sport to predict. And fortunately, um, a lot of people are playing it. So it's a great opportunity for us. And I'm looking forward to getting into it today. So I've been building my lineups today. And uh, it just seems to me there's not many cheap plays that I love like there like they're typically are. Um, and we'll get into the players here in a minute. But I think it's going to be a tougher week for cash games. I'll be more in the GPP realm for week 10. Is that what you're seeing too? Yeah, I mean, I'm almost always more in the GPP realm, but I actually, I really prefer weeks where there aren't a bunch of obvious plays. I really like the slate um, because I think it just takes more strategy, more in-depth research. Um, there's not just, I mean, David Johnson is probably the, the most obvious pick, um, but there's not guys like West um, and just just really cheap running back that's, that you have to plug in. I think Booker was that guy two weeks ago. We don't really have one of those on this slate, so I think it makes it a more strategic slate for everyone. Yeah, it kind of gives you a chance to separate yourself if you've done a lot of research. Otherwise, everyone's just saying, hey, play West, play Booker. And uh, he, oddly, those guys have burned us all the last couple of weeks, but uh, I'm not taking back that they were good plays. They definitely were. It just didn't quite work out. Booker was pretty good, actually. I think he had about 16, 17 points for 3,000. I mean... If you're getting five times value, you're definitely going to... Uh, on DraftKings, he was a phenomenal value. I was disappointed on Fandle, though. I was hoping for a real big game. Right. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we don't. it's hard to get a gauge on what the talent level is on these guys. So we know their opportunities will be there, and that's really the... You, you prioritize picking players based on opportunity because you assume all professional athletes are talented, and you watch their film. But, I mean, even watching film, it's very hard to see how will they fit into this offense against this defense. For the first time. And especially with a guy like West, who's in a scheme like Kansas City, it doesn't ex exactly matter if he's super talented. Uh, the game just didn't quite work out. Uh, even if he's not very talented, look, he's the third best running back on the Chiefs. But if he's getting opportunities in that offense, he's going to put up points. It just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a tough week. I mean, uh, I did okay. I cashed, minimum cashed on, on most of my leagues. Um, but I just couldn't get anybody to really go off. I just had a very balanced team of guys 
who played pretty average. Actually, Colin Kaepernick ended up being one of my best players. He had like 400 passing yards. I had him on all my lineups. Me too. Me too. And uh, I felt real shady about it because he's just been so bad in his career. Uh, but but it worked out. So hopefully everyone else listening last week played Kaepernick and, and it worked out for them too. Let's talk about the quarterback position here for this week. Our model shows that Tom Brady is probably the safest play, which is crazy because he's against Seattle, right? But uh, how do you like him in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, he's not necessarily the top guy on our boards, but we do believe he has to be considered every week regardless of matchups. I mean, based on how good the Patriots have looked compared to other teams in the NFL, uh, when it comes to DFS, you, you got to have your own personal strategy. Um, so if you want to pay up at QB, Brady probably is still the top guy. I almost always pay down at QB, so I'll almost definitely not be using him. Although the low ownership that he'll probably come with against Seattle that is tempting. So I, if I was going to pay up at quarterback, I would certainly consider Brady because, like you said, he probably projects as the highest scoring quarterback, not necessarily the best value, but the highest scoring, even with a bad matchup. Um, so I'll definitely be, I'll consider him. Yeah, we do not have him as the highest valued quarterback, but in terms of uh, projected points, he's right up there, 22.6 projected points. And in order to hit value on FanDuel, he just needs 24.9. Now that's that's not much of a stretch. Now someone's gonna someone's gonna top their value higher than Brady, but if you're looking for a safe play to hit GPP value, Tom Brady's a great play this week. On DraftKings, it's another story. He needs 29.6. That's probably not gonna happen against Seattle. It definitely could, but I mean we're talking about three touchdowns, 322 yards. I, that, I, that could happen. Yeah, I mean Brady has been amazing, and uh, it could definitely happen. I, I you could. You could really make a strong case for him in GVPs. I don't know if he's worth playing in cash games. Uh, there's probably safer options, but uh, he'll be very low-owned, I would think. Wouldn't you? Uh, I'm not so sure that he'll be low-owned. We're projecting him right there around 10%, just because he is Tom Brady and his price is depressed this week. Now, we might drop that projection a little bit lower based on what we're seeing and hearing, but um, just because of the value, man, when people are spending their money, they, they're looking for the value. And all the projections out there, we compile a bunch of projections, and they're all saying Tom Brady's the top quarterback this week. It's it's wild to me, but I trust the model. People, yeah, people will probably trust the projections, and that'll that'll bring his ownership up, even though the matchup doesn't look good on paper. All right, let's. You were talking about how you like to play cheap quarterbacks, so let's get here into your expertise. Who are some cheap guys you like this week? So strictly looking at matchups, Carson Wentz has the best. He's going against Atlanta, who have allowed the most. Fantasy points per game to opposing QBs, 25 DraftKings points per game. Uh, I'd be worried about his upside a little bit since they so frequently run the ball near the goal line. But if they call a few passes down there this week and he gets the touchdowns, he could have a big week given that the yardage should be there. Uh, I was at the game last weekend uh, against the Giants, and I, I was very frustrated watching Wentz. I mean, I felt like he made so many bad throws, and they called so many runs in the red zone, and yet he still had a pretty good week for fantasy. Uh, so I think if he if they do call those passes for him in the red zone and he can hit Ertz or Jordan Matthews and you stack them with those guys who are pretty cheap, uh, you could have a really high upside stack if that all works out. And I think the downside isn't that bad because he's so cheap and the Falcons allow so many passing yards. Uh, we wouldn't use Ertz on FanDuel since you can only have one tight end and Travis Kelsey is the Daily Fantasy Insider must-have this week. He's one of our guys. Uh, but you could put Ertz in the flex spot on DraftKings. 
Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying about Wentz. Uh, he wasn't exactly on my radar. Uh, more, more of a contrarian play, but I do like the matchup against Atlanta. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about Carson Wentz. They're going to Darren Sproles at running back. They're not going to be running the ball as much. They're going to be dumping the ball off to Darren Sproles all day. He's probably going to get six to eight receptions, which is crazy to project for a running back. I mean, you can predict it all you want. That's going to happen with three or, I don't know, one to three running backs every week. But we're projecting that with Darren Sproles this week. It's going to be a big week for him uh, receiving passes for for full PPR DraftKings. But Carson Wentz, when they get in the red zone, I'm not going to be surprised at all if they're throwing the ball this week. I hope not. I hope that they are. I hope they are because we'll, we'll, I'll likely have at least Carson Wentz on one of my lineups. Um, and then another guy that's you, you mentioned contrarian plays, another guy that I like that could also be very low-owned is uh, Jay Cutler. There you go. That's my guy. Really nice, nice. Yeah, we think you could use him in cash and GBP. On the road against Tampa Bay, the Bucks are the fourth worst against opposing QBs, 23 DraftKings points per game. And Cutler really looked like he brought some life to that offense last week against a great Minnesota defense. So regardless of all the negative talk about Cutler, every year his whole career, I understand that he looks like a sulky guy and nobody likes him, but he's a pretty darn good quarterback. Uh, so I think Cutler could easily uh, end up being the, the play that really separates you in GBPs. He's had 19 games with three or more touchdown passes in his career, so he's got the upside, and the Bucks have allowed four passing touchdowns in each of their last two games. To Derek Carr and Matt Ryan, uh, both good quarterbacks, but I think Cutler's a pretty good quarterback, too. He usually gets overlooked, uh, so he could be low-owned. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he got three touchdowns. And look, if he gets three touchdowns and just 225 yards, there you go, GPP value. Now, on DraftKings, 230 yards and three touchdowns, so he's a good value on both sides. That's the guy I wanted to talk about. I'm really fond of him this week. I'm really fond of anyone against this uh, this Tampa Bay defense. And, and you know, they have a lot of talent there. They really do, but they've been riddled with injuries. And it's sad what's happening there. They're just getting torched every single week, which is good for Jameis Winston, uh, for fantasy owners at least, because he's having to play catch-up and he's throwing the ball all around. He's looking a lot better. So, again, I like Jameis Winston this week. I'm saying it pretty much every week. Now, he's going to get Seattle here next week or in, in two weeks. So I'm not going to pick him then. But Jameis Winston has been putting up fantasy points. He's had a great game pretty much every game for uh, for value standards, except for the two games where he went up against those two phenomenal defenses. So you can continue to rely on him. I like him a lot for cash games this week. All right, Justin, give me one more quarterback that you would at least consider. You know, I I could just throw someone in here, but I I really expect to play Wentz or Cutler, um, so I I don't want to just toss somebody out there that I'm not really that I'm not really considering. If you put someone out there, I'll let you know uh, kind of where we have them. But I don't like to just give people a pick that I don't think I'll use. I think that's fair. I've got one more name for you. One more name that I'm considering, and it's a contrarian name because nobody is gonna play him after how horrible he was. Ben Roethlisberger, he was away last week. He's been a stinker in away games pretty often his career. Uh, but now he's at home, and he's going up against Dallas. Look, they're an improved secondary, but they're not world beaters. We're talking about Ben Roethlisberger here with the Antonio Brown, Sammy Coates, Le'Veon Bell, who's going to throw to a lot at 7,700. On DraftKings, 6,800. Uh, I like Big Ben. I like him quite a bit. I like that pick a lot. I mean, as we, as we go into running backs and receivers for this show. Uh, we're, I'm planning on talking about Bell and Brown, uh, and mostly Bell on the receiving end of the game. So absolutely, you could play Roethlisberger. 
Yeah, and look, Roethlisberger's probably third or fourth on my pecking chart, so he probably won't be in my lineup. Um, you know, if I'm doing a bunch of GPP lineups, he absolutely would be. Um, but he's a name that I would at least consider. I've thought about him quite a bit. I'm probably going to end up going with Brady, though, not because I'm seeing anything special, but because the model trusts Tom Brady, and uh, and a lot of the experts trust Tom Brady, and it seems odd to me, but the model hasn't let me down. It's uh, it's it's working out well, so I'm, uh, I'm probably going Tom Brady here. All right, moving over to running back, we got to talk about David Johnson, and you mentioned him earlier. There's a good reason. He's facing the 49ers, and the 49ers, this is a shock stat. They're on pace to give up over 3,000 rushing yards this season. And he's David Johnson. Just how good is he going to be? Is he a must-play this week in cash games and GPP? Yeah, for cash games, you must plug him in as a free square. His ownership in cash games could be as high as anybody uh, all year. 70%, that's what we're predicting. Yeah, yeah, we have it about that high. We think we think for GPPs, he could even be over 60%. Uh, maybe lower. I mean, usually those kind of guys are a little are lower in GBPs. Um, there obviously there are other options up there, but I mean it's just a dream matchup, and he is the entire offense. How he's not over 10K blows our minds. Uh, the 49ers are on pace to be one of the worst rushing defenses in the league, like you said. With his dual threat ability, I mean he could take advantage of them in every way. But with that high ownership, you have to think about fading him in GBPs. And one interesting case to be made against him is that the Cardinals are favored by so much that the fourth quarter could be all Andre Ellington. If Vegas is right and they're going to win by 14, they might already have that 14-point lead going into the fourth, and why would you burn out David Johnson when you could just let him rest and put in Andre Ellington? So although it's a huge risk to fade him, there is a reason to. And on DraftKings, we, we have a pretty useful strategy for this that we wrote up on DFIUniversity.com. I'm not sure if the article has already been published or if it's sitting in our editing doc, but it'll be out there soon. And basically what it says since he's the latest of the afternoon games, you could plug him into your flex spot and see all the rest of your team does in the earlier games. If you aren't doing well, then he won't be able to help you climb the leaderboards and you won't be able to cash even if he has a great game. So with his absurdly high ownership, you have to consider going into the late games. Am I already in the money and do I want to preserve my spot? Or did my early players underperform and now I should swap him out for Antonio Brown or Zeke Elliott and see if if Johnson can play poorly or if one of those guys could just go nuts, then I could climb over people and, and get into the cash spot. That is a perfect strategy. I love that, man. Thanks. Yeah, so on DraftKings, yeah, our whole team was uh, talking about that. Monday morning, we were just, we were already thinking about doing that, and we really like it. So DraftKings is easier this week because of the, you could employ that strategy and uh, give yourself – it makes the decision for you on whether or not you should play him. Man, that is that is really cool. Um I'm definitely going to have to try that. Thanks for the advice, man. Um, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm probably not going to play him in GPP in, in most of my lineups, at least, because think about it this way. In cash games, look, I love him. I absolutely love him. But in GPP, if he's owned, like you said, in 60% of GPP lineups, you have to think of it this way. Is there a 60% chance that he's one of the top three or four values at the running back position this week? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I, I just really don't think so because there's so much volatility at running back. There's always going to be a guy like, um, uh, you remember Matt Jones one time snuck into the top three. There's always one or two of those guys every week that aren't predictable and someone's going to have them in their GPP lineup. Someone's going to have two of those guys in their GPP lineup. So yeah, David Johnson might be that guy, but is there a 60% chance? No, no, there's not. I don't think so. Yeah. And, and if you're, 
if your early players do so well that you're already up there, then you should you should swap in Jonathan if you're on DraftKings. But on FanDuel, yeah, you don't have that option. So I mean, you yeah, on GBPs, if you like two other running backs, you might just be better off using them and hope that the Cardinals get off to such a big lead with with some passing touchdowns or defensive touchdowns, whatever it may be, um, that, that that they don't use Johnson in the fourth. It's exactly like when I was picking my March Madness bracket. I I kind of got some crud about picking uh, Villanova. Because, like, Villanova, they probably had, what, the fourth, fifth best chance of winning. But if you look at it, they were only being picked for the championship in 3% of brackets. Uh, 538, um, teamrankings.com, both had them at 8 9% chance of winning. So if you're going from 3% to 8 9%, you're giving, you're giving yourself an opportunity uh, to beat the rest of the field. And that's what you're looking for in GPP. That's the strategy you want in GPP. So uh, there's a couple guys I have on my radar, and we'll talk about those. But I want to ask you, what other pricey running backs do you think are worth spending on this week? Well, you know, real quick, I just want to say, considering I go to UNC, that was a very insensitive point to make. Uh, <laughs> I forgot all about that, man. I'm you're sorry. You're <laughs> absolutely right, though. You're absolutely right. As I was looking at the bracket, I thought the same thing. There was there was zero reason to pick Michigan State, considering how overpicked they were, and, and Villanova was one of the smarter picks you could make. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so the other top running backs, you really can't go wrong with Zeke or Bell. I, I mean, both of them will go somewhat overlooked with everybody just plugging in Johnson and then spending down for the second back, probably Darren Sproles, if I was guessing. Uh, Bell goes up against a banged-up Cowboys defense. And we know the Steelers usually play better at home, so we could definitely see the breakout game for Bell we've all been waiting for. And as for the other side of the ball, Elliott is getting to the point where he's pretty much matchup proof. He should have no problem with the Steelers' defense in what should be a back-and-forth game. Uh, this game is one of the highest totals on the slate, so I would think that you'll want some exposure to it somehow. And they could really be a solid pair with Johnson uh, or a pivot if you're wanting to risk the fade on Johnson. The ultimate contrarian move would be to start both of those guys and Faye Johnson start the top running backs against each other. I don't know if any of the listeners actually will have the audacity to heed that advice, but that could be a really interesting thing to separate you in GPPs. Yeah, I, I definitely think that makes sense. Uh, we've seen it happen a couple times this season already, where the people who take that kind of bold approach, they're the ones that end up at the top of the GPP. So uh, yeah, g- give that a shot if you're putting a bunch of lineups out there. Uh, or if you're doing one, it, it seems risky, but you know what? You've got to risk something if you want to win GPP, so go for it. I think that makes sense. I love Le'Veon Bell, too. I love Ezekiel Elliott. Of course, every week I love them, but but, but it's good weeks for them. I'm not going to talk about them because you already did. There is one guy that I absolutely have to talk about, and it's Jay Ajayi. In the past three weeks, he has 77 carries. 77 carries. That's more than Ryan Matthews on the entire season. It's more than... It's, he's just getting so much work right now. I don't care if he's, uh, I don't care if he's Matt Jones. I don't care who he is. If you're getting 77 carries in three weeks at his price against a bad rushing defense in the San Diego Chargers, you play him. I I think you play him. I'm playing David Johnson and Jay Ajayi in cash games. I'm not even thinking twice. There's no one else even close on the radar for me. Yeah. I mean, Ajayi's usage is just insane. And he actually got four targets last game and caught three passes. So, I mean, he's doing it all. It's funny because this is the role everybody wanted for Lamar Miller. Then Lamar Miller finally goes to Texas where they, or the Texans where they say he'll finally get all these carries. Now he's not getting any carries, and then here comes Ajayi, and he's getting everything that we always wanted for Miller and then some. Are there any dirt cheap running backs that you think are worth starting this week? Yeah, I, I think there are. I mean, there's some of, this is one of the first weeks, like we already said, that there's no clear-cut chalk cheap running back. 
Uh, we didn't actually make any running back a must-have this week for DFI. Usually we do, but we liked Travis Kelsey more than any of the running backs that we could have picked. Um, and So one guy that we kind of think is a sneaky cheap guy is Chris Ivory. He's there you go, the on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's probably the happiest guy in the locker room about the new offensive coordinator. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett has a strong history of leaning on his running game. And as the Bills' offensive coordinator, he led them to a top three rushing attack on the season. Uh, so last week, they fed Ivory the ball as they, they're really trying to ease the offense off of Blake Bortles' shoulders. He has not been able to handle it the way they thought he would be able to. Uh, and so if they don't want him throwing as much, they've got to look to lean on Ivory. And he's in a solid matchup, and, and he's pretty cheap. So I, I think he's a guy you could consider. And then another guy who is definitely better on DraftKings with PPR, we've already been talking about him, but Darren Sproles. You, you have to consider him. The matchup against the Falcon teams, they, they get killed by pass-catching running backs. And that's all Sproles is. Anytime they hand in the ball, it's just so the other team has to stay honest. But most of the time, they're looking to throw in the ball. Like you said, we project him for about six to eight receptions in this game. We know he's capable of breaking off a huge play at any time. Uh, and another reason to like him is his red zone looks. He's really getting a lot of looks in the red zone despite how small he is. So his floor is pretty safe. He should be a nice pair with DJ this weekend, uh, especially if you're using Wentz. Sproles is a great stack. And uh, he also runs the punt back, the punts back, and he'll probably take one or two punts back a season on average. So factor in maybe a five to ten percent chance of getting a free six points out of out of that. Um, there's just a lot of upside for Sproles. Those are the main two guys I wanted to mention. And it's, it's a shame we keep going over the same players here, but Chris Ivory, thirty four hundred starting running back. I mean, his price thirty four hundred is less than half the price of DeMarco Murray, who's going up against the Green Bay Packers. Very good run defense. Second best in the league. He's he's not going to get quite as many carries, but think of it this way. Is Chris Ivory going to get half the points DeMarco Murray does? Definitely. I, I never say definitely on a DFS podcast, but yes. Yes, it's going to happen this week. Unless DeMarco Murray just absolutely goes nuts, but I mean, come on, half the points. He's going to get... He's projected for more than half the points of Le'Veon Bell. Um, it's a it's a great value there in DraftKings. Now, FanDuel, I'm not very excited about Chris Ivory. I, I probably wouldn't even consider playing him. But Darren Sproles on, on FanDuel and DraftKings, I love him um, because he's the only guy that was priced to not be a starting running back. We heard the news this week that he'd be the starting running back. Um, and so, you know, it was late. They already had priced him. Now, the one guy that we haven't talked about that, I'm also excited about, I'm excited about him on a lot of shows, but it's Kenneth Dixon. Uh, I, I did a special uh, a video on him for, for FanDuel earlier this week, and Kenneth Dixon keeps going up in, in how many snaps that he's seeing. Uh, Terrence West has not been as good lately. His snaps are going down. Kenneth Dixon's are going up. And he was getting all the touches at the beginning of the game before he got a chest contusion, just a minor fluke injury that's not going to bother him this week. And he is a very talented running back. Now, he gets Cleveland this week. Cleveland! That's perfect! If he gets 15 touches against Cleveland at that price on DFS, you have got to be kidding me. It's going to be an incredible value, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. And then there's even there's one more guy uh, that I don't think is worth it when compared to all these other guys, but Robert Kelly. And most people might not even be familiar with his name. I keep getting updates because I'm a Redskins fan that Robert Kelly has been named the starting running back for this week. He will carry the bulk, he'll get the bulk of the carries. Um, but, but my concern is that 
we're playing the Vikings, and they don't allow a lot of points, and they don't allow a lot of running. Uh, and Robert Kelly, he's he's decent, but he's not great. I think Chris Ivory and Darren Sproles are better overall players, and they're in better matchups. So you might be getting too sneaky if you try to play Rob Kelly. I know he's really cheap, but I, he's about the same price as these other guys we've been talking about. So as a Redskins fan, I can tell you, I will not be using Rob Kelly, um, even though he's really cheap. But you could consider him for a GBP, but I don't think it's worth it. There's some upside there. And I, and I understand that he is the starter, but they want Matt Jones to work to get his job back, which means he's going to get some work. And we know Chris Thompson's going to get some work too. So that's the reason I'm not touching Robert Kelly. Yeah, I mean, Kelly's been targeted like three times all year in the passing game. So Chris Thompson will be on passing downs. They still might let Matt Jones take quite a few carries, and they're playing the Vikings. So there's just there's no real reason to force Kelly in there when there's so many other options. It seems like every week there's one of these forgotten mid-priced running backs who ends up somehow getting into the top three. Is there someone that you think could surprise us with a big week? You know, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, Lamar Miller is actually the guy that we've kind of we've kind of given that label to this week, coming off a bye and burning people as of late. He could come in way under-owned in a good matchup. Jacksonville can definitely be beat on the ground, and with two weeks to prepare for this game, hopefully the Houston coaching staff will realize Miller needs to get the ball in this game. The Jags rank in the bottom five uh, for in DBOA for opposing backs. Miller is right in the price range that people will go elsewhere. They're either going up for one of the top guys or they're going down for one of the guys we just talked about. Uh, like you called it, the forgotten mid-range. I definitely think he could be a difference maker this weekend if he could have a big game. I like Lamar Miller. He's definitely not a, a bad value. My guy is someone who is not just forgotten because he's in the mid-range, but he's forgotten because of recency bias, and it's Devontae Booker. There's a reason people were excited about him. And look, this week he gets uh, at <laughs> at New Orleans, right? Um, there's a reason that, that we're excited every time a running back goes up against New Orleans. It's because... They've given up 12 touchdowns to running backs. They give up, you know, 4.4 yards per carry to running backs. That, that's very bad. Um, so Devontae Booker, look, I know Capri Bibbs is going to get some touches. That's what Gary Kubiak said. But that might be to light a fire under under Devontae Booker. So Devontae Booker for GPP, not a bad option. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I looked at him, but I just don't know if I want to spend that much money on him this week. But I think most people will feel that same way. Um, so it's just, it feels weird to pay that much for someone when you just got him for so cheap two weeks ago and he didn't, he hasn't even been that good, but that, that, well, that's what makes him a contrarian play is that it doesn't feel like a good play. So in our ownership projections, which you can find on the website, uh, Devonte Booker is under 1%. We project him for under 1% on FanDuel and on DraftKings for a lot of reasons. Um, especially that price. I mean, that price is high, but Look, if, if he ends up being one of the top three running backs this week, it doesn't matter what his price is. That's going to help you out a lot. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, that, that could really work out well. All right, moving over to wide receiver here. Do you think Antonio Brown's going to bounce back this week? I know you already alluded to it a little bit. Is there another elite wide receiver maybe you prefer over him? You know, no, I think I think Brown is uh, probably the best. I mean, definitely Mike Evans uh, you could make a case for. He's now the most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings. Um, but I think A.B. has a really good chance to bounce back. Um, we're starting to see concern for the Pitt offense after such a bad game against Baltimore on the road. But like you said when you brought up Big Ben, the, the road is a different story for the Steelers for whatever reason. And uh, Ben was coming off a knee procedure. Now he's had a whole other week to get, to get healthy and get ready to go. The offense is definitely different uh, at home 
And although Dallas has been pretty impressive, uh, I don't think they're unbeatable. And they would be smart to keep a safety over the top, but so would every team that plays against the Steelers. Uh, so game flow could lead to a bigger role for Le'Veon Bell. We'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, Bell and AB are always good options. But I expect Mike Evans to be higher on. What do you think? What do your guys' projections have there? We're projecting Antonio Brown to be the highest on this week. Um, it's it's fairly close, but we've got Brown higher. We also have Alshon Jeffrey up there, even higher than Mike Evans, just for DraftKings. He's only sixty six hundred on DraftKings. Jay Cutler's back, and he loves him some Alshon Jeffrey. It's a great matchup, as we already talked about. Alshon Jeffrey on DraftKings, as far as I'm concerned, is the absolute best play this week of any position. I love Alshon Jeffrey on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I'm not as excited. He's 7,200, but uh, I'll, I'll probably play him. But Antonio Brown, uh, yeah, he's a very good play this week. I think he bounces back. I already talked about my affinity for Ben Roethlisberger this week. I like them both. Which risky big play threat are you most willing to start this week? There's always one of these guys that goes off, and if you have him for GPP, like Mike Wallace a couple times this season, you're in the money, uh, unless you screw something else up. But um, I, I'm always fond of, of penciling in one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, last week we actually had an article on DFIUniversity.com that advocated for picking Mike Wallace. Um, so we were obviously happy to see him get a 95-yard touchdown, uh, and then we were disappointed to see him get injured. But he pretty much hit he pretty much hit value on one play, which is what you're hoping these guys can do for you. Uh, and so I think there are some risky options this week. One of the guys we really like is Bryce Treggs, the rookie wide receiver from Philly. He was able to play his first game last week, and uh, he showcases 4.3 speed on a great deep route against the Giants. And I started watching him after that play when he was on the field, and uh, I really thought he he had some opportunities for Wentz to hit him on a few other plays where either Wentz didn't even see him and didn't target him or he just missed him, um, but there's a lot of opportunity for him there. It's a crowded team. Doral Green-Beckham has been involved in the red zone. Jordan Matthews is the possession guy. Obviously, uh, Zach Ertz had a huge game last week, led the team in receiving yards. Sproles catches a lot of balls. So there's a lot of competition, but they're playing Atlanta, who has allowed 19 plays of 25 yards or more this year. And uh, last week, the Eagles showed us they're willing to let Carson Wentz take some shots down the field. Obviously, they got off to an early deficit, so they were trying to play catch-up. Um, but if you watch that long play, you can see the separation that Treggs possesses and is able to get on his defenders. Uh, and a lot of teams covet that. And hopefully Wentz will keep working with him in practice now that they're working him into the offense because they got rid of Josh Huff. So it's really created an opportunity for this kid to, to step in and make an impact. So he's a guy that we're really looking at for a big play threat. For me, it's Will Fuller. Uh, Jacksonville's been really good against the pass. The main reason for that, though, is Jalen Ramsey. He is an absolute superstar in the making. I would not be surprised if next season he's even better than Richard Sherman, the best cornerback in the NFL. This kid is really special. And he's going to be lined up on DeAndre Hopkins. So that leaves Will Fuller, who's kind of been forgotten because he hasn't really had any any big games lately. But we know he's got the ability, and he's nice and cheap. 6,300 on, on uh, draft. I'm sorry. 6,300 on FanDuel and 5,500 on DraftKings. I don't mind him in GPP whatsoever this week. Yeah, you know, I keep on trying to trust Fuller and Hopkins, and I'm not saying he's a bad pick at all. And every time I watch the game, I just think, could Osweiler be any worse? Um, but hopefully he, he ends up being all right. You know, I'm also kind of fond of John Brown. Uh, he's probably not going to make his way into my lineups, but I think he's someone to consider for you guys. Uh, John Brown is nice and cheap now, 6,200, 4,900 on DraftKings. And um, 
You know, we've seen him get a ton of targets with Carson Palmer. Hasn't happened lately. J.J. Nelson's been getting all the targets, who we're going to talk about in a second. But John Brown, he is way too talented to be that cheap, and we've seen him go off before. It could definitely happen. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a big play threat. Are there a few punt plays that you think are worth sneaking to your lineup? I know you already talked about the guy from Philly who, wow, that is really fast. But is there anyone else? Yeah, so that guy's name is Bryce Treggs, in case anybody is, is wondering who, who, who the hell are they talking about. Um, but the other, another guy would be Tyler Lockett against the Pats defense that has struggled against the Pats this year. Uh, he's a good option. Uh, we also think that Sammy Coates could be a nice play. If you want to spend up on running back or quarterback and you don't have the money for A.B., uh, then, then Sammy Coates is the guy. Every time I talk about Sammy Coates, I make fun of him for having bad hands. He does have bad hands, um, but he but he does some other things well enough, and he has Big Ben throwing him the ball, so he he has enough opportunities to have a big game. My guy this week is Tyreek Hill, thirty eight hundred dollars on DraftKings, and he's going to start forty eight hundred, which is near the minimum on FanDuel, and he's going to start. And they're playing Carolina, who, who as we know, just get shredded. Look, the reason he's going to start is because Jeremy Macklin is all banged up. Now, he might play, but Tyreek Hill's been quite good lately. I know he wasn't as good last week, but at that price and that matchup, he's really talented. Talk about a fast guy. This guy, can he's blazing. Um, so, yeah, I like him a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, when we get into the tight ends, uh, I'll elaborate on on. Travis Kelsey a little bit, who's our other must-have. But I like I like that pick also. If someone has the money for a mid-price piece, is there someone you think they can rely on this week? Yeah, we think that Rashard Matthews is the guy you can rely on. He's our other must-have to go with Travis Kelsey. Uh, so, of course, I'm going to put him in here. Uh, he is a good matchup against the Green Bay defense that they've struggled against wide receivers, and they're still banged up. Uh, and they also have – they allowed Mohamed Sanu towards them two weeks ago for nine catches, 84 yards, and a score. Uh, we profile them pretty similarly, and we're thinking that Matthews can, can play that same role against Green Bay. For all the information on why we like him, feel free to read our must-haves article on dailyfantasyinsider.com. Um, but just know that he, he's our favorite mid-price receiver this week. That Green Bay secondary, man, I feel so horrible for them. Missing Sam Shields, Demarius Randall. It is a bad situation over there. But it's good for me because I'm going to be taking advantage of it in DFS. And uh, Richard Matthews has been as consistent as anybody. He hasn't been consistent in like a, a top tier kind of way, but he's reliable every single week. And we project his ownership to be quite high on DraftKings. Not quite as high in FanDuel, but uh, that, there's a reason why. He's a guy to get into your lineup this week for cash games, definitely. And even for GPP, he's got quite a bit of upside against that, against that bad secondary. Yeah, we, we definitely think he's worth playing on both sides. Now, there's someone I want to talk about um, that's kind of been forgotten, and it's Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin was a little bit banged up, uh, and it didn't really matter if he was banged up or not because Russell Wilson was so bad. Now he's got the knee brace off. He's going to be throwing the ball a lot more. They're going to have to throw the ball against New England because New England is going to bring the heat after, <laughs> after what happened last season. So uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and Russell Wilson's going to have a nice game. But Doug Baldwin was really, really good last year. I think that this is a nice, safe, reliable game for him, even though he hasn't been as good lately. Um, I think this is a good week for him at that price point, man. It's it's a nice buy. Yeah, you know, I, I like Baldwin. And in that same game, uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel, Edelman and Hogan are priced pretty closely. But we feel after a bye week, uh, the Patriots are getting healthy as possible for this final stretch run. We think uh, you're going to start seeing more consistent play from Julian Edelman. I know he's been a huge disappointment this year, but he's been a PPR force in years past. 
and there's a good chance Brady could start to lean on him more in the coming weeks. The big question is always, will he score? He scored his first one before the bye week, um, but his targets have been consistent all year, and he's seen 10-plus twice in the last four games, all the games that Brady has been back for. And in those four games, he has a total of 35 targets. So while he hasn't been a big success this year, since Brady came back, the opportunities are there. The volume is there. Brady should lean on him down the stretch. Uh, I think Edelman could be another guy in that mid-price range that ownership is pretty low. Feel free to let me know what it says on the, the Fantasy Pros projections for ownership, but we don't expect Edelman to be very highly owned. We've got Edelman at 5% for FanDuel because his price is so low. And on DraftKings, we've got him all the way down at 3%. Uh, and I understand it's a PPR site, but his price is, is 6000 on DraftKings, which is pretty expensive for a wide receiver. So we're expecting a lot of people to stay away from him. And you're right. We've seen big games from him time and time and again. And it's, you know, it's he's not healthy most of the time, but he's healthy right now. Uh, so there's some opportunity there. There definitely is. Are there any other wide receivers that kind of intrigue you this week? Uh, yeah, I can toss in one more guy. I'm not sure if I'll end up playing him, but Kenny Britt kind of pops out at, uh, at 4.9K on DraftKings against the New York Jets, who have one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Of course, the risk is always if L.A. can move the ball, um, but Britt at that price could easily return values for his owner. Also, it still feels weird to refer to an NFL team as L.A. Yeah, it's, it is weird. I don't like it. Um, haven't, haven't had my team stripped from me, but uh, I'm going to stop talking about it because I talk about it all the time. There's two guys for me. Two guys I haven't mentioned yet. J.J. Nelson, he played 92% of the snaps last week. Larry Fitzgerald only played 79%. They love this guy in Arizona, and we've seen why. He's talented. He went to 12 targets last week. It's a good matchup. We're projecting high ownership levels after the big game, and uh, there's a reason why. He's, he's good. He's good, and people trust him, and he gets San Francisco. It's a beautiful thing. J.J. Nelson is a nice price. Now, the other guy, Jordan Matthews, we already talked about the matchup there. Um, 5900 on Fandle. You're not going to beat that for his matchup. He's the number one guy going up against Atlanta, so it's a good situation, especially for cash games. Yeah, I don't know why Fandle keeps Matthews so cheap. I mean, he is always really cheap on there. It makes no sense. I, I, I want to play him every single week. Yeah, it's bizarre. It, it is bizarre, and he, he always stands out in our model because of that price point. And he hasn't been great yet, but this is a good week for him. This is probably going to be his best week of the season, and I'm excited to see how just how good he can be. Yeah, me too. So you are you have Travis Kelsey as a must-have this week. Tell us all about it. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are probably going to consider paying up all the way to Gronk, uh, and, and we just feel that Travis Kelsey offers as much upside as any tight end above him or below him he has a great matchup against Carolina. They've given up six touchdowns to the tight end position. They're allowing them to average 17.3 DraftKings points per game. I think that so many people are focusing on how bad their secondary has been as far as getting beat by receivers. And I know you already talked about looking into who's going to replace Macklin. We think Travis Kelsey could be the guy that will replace Macklin. Uh, so you can read the full write-up on our site. I don't want to talk about him for too long. But, I mean, he, he's the guy that... Uh, that we're locking in at tight end this week. You know, it's it's really interesting. We finally got all three of the good tight ends going, the big three at least, Rob Gronkowski, Greg Olson, Jordan Reed. But you're right, Travis Kelsey with that matchup, he's my guy this week at least. Um, and look, DraftKings, they have such cheap tight ends down there that it's always intriguing to go cheap. And there is one guy that I really like, but I'm definitely getting Kelsey in there in 
every single lineup, FanDuel, DraftKings, PPR, cash games, doesn't matter. It's a perfect matchup, and I'm buying it this week. Yeah, and I, we're hoping that people uh, that aren't DFI or Fantasy Pros users uh, will end up paying up for somebody else. And not, I wouldn't say wasting the salary, but I just don't think it's necessary to, to pay up that high. I think Kelsey's got the highest upside, and the Panthers' run D is really good. So there's just no reason they should be running the ball this week. They should be throwing it and, and hopefully using Kelsey as the number one guy that he should be in the offense. We've got Kelsey fifth and sixth in ownership projections this week, which is really great news because I'm going to be all over him. Uh, you know, we, we've got guys like Zach Miller and Delaney Walker even higher than him because of their price points. But I tell you what, if Travis Kelsey uh, gets himself two touchdowns, if tra- listen to this, if Travis Kelsey gets himself two touchdowns and six receptions, all he needs, 21 yards on Fandle. 21 yards. Uh, I think that there's a good chance that he's going to get a touchdown and, and a decent chance he's going to get multiple touchdowns. This could be the best value at tight end all season. Yeah, it really could be. We're, we're really excited about it. I mean, we almost always try to do wide receiver and running back for our must-haves just because we don't want to tell you this is what your entire tight end position has to be. You can't pick anybody else. Um, but this week we think it's necessary. Plug in Kelsey as your tight end on FanDuel. On DraftKings you can consider some other guys for the flex. But on FanDuel it's easy. Just play Kelsey and then look at other positions. Now is there a contrarian play that you could see popping up in the million dollar lineup this week? Yeah, I mean, the, the top, probably the top cheap tight end is, is Zach Ertz, but I think people are going to be on him. Um, so the contrarian play for us is Lance Kendricks. He could continue his little man. hot streak. Really? Yuck? You don't like him oh, at all? Oh, I just, uh, he's a blocking tight end. I know it's a good matchup, and and uh, he's minimum priced on both sides, right? But I just hear that name, and I just think limited upside, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, the upside seems limited when you just look at, I guess, when you look at game logs, uh, and it's I could see why you, you don't love the pick. I mean, it, it makes sense, but like you said, he's minimum salary, um, but if you look at how much he's getting targeted, last week he was targeted 12 times, the week before that he was targeted 9 times, and the week before that he was targeted 8 times, and he's getting used in the red zone. He's running a lot more routes than you think. He is a good blocking tight end, but he's never coming off the field anymore. And the Jets' defense has seen opposing teams target their tight ends 78 times this year. They've only connected on 48 of them, but if you watch film on a lot of those targets, they're just like, oh, the quarterback missed this guy. Oh, the quarterback missed this guy. Like, I think it's just kind of they're just getting lucky. The tight ends should be burning this Jets' defense. And if L.A. can keep targeting Kendricks the way they have and Keenum can actually deliver accurate passes to him, big if, obviously. But for a minimum price guy, I mean, he's 3000 on DraftKings. You could put him in your flex. He could be in for a big sneaky day. And I think most people are going to have the same reaction you had. Go, are you kidding me? A Rams tight end that I've barely ever heard of? I'm not playing him. Um, so hopefully that's the reaction everyone has and his ownership stays pretty low. Justin, I, I take back my yuck. I had no idea he was getting that many targets. What are the Rams doing? I mean, uh, look, I, I, yeah, he, he, he sounds like a good play this week. I, I was wrong. I didn't know that. But, like, seriously, what are the Rams doing throwing the ball to him so much and, and keeping Case Keenum in there when they've got the number one overall pick? I just don't get it. It's like they're trying to they're trying to find a way to get to London. They're trying to lose as many games as they can so people don't show up so they can go to London to make a bunch of money or something. Like I I just don't understand anything Jeff Fisher and Stan Kroenke do. 
You want to hear something really crazy about Todd Gurley? First of all, he didn't even practice on Wednesday. Um, so if he's not full strength. Benny Cunningham. Could help. Well, maybe. I think he'll play. I do think he'll play. But it could help Kendricks even more. But something really crazy about Todd Gurley I just heard not too long ago is that he started his career with four 100-yard games in his first five games. And now in the 16 games after that, he's only done it once. Wow. He's really hasn't been good. I mean, it's like it took teams five games to realize, hey, the Rams can only run the ball. Let's just stack the box against them. And he hasn't had a good game since. Man, that's really interesting. My tight end that I'm a little bit interested in, look, I already said I'm playing Kelsey, but Martellus Bennett, he's all the way down at 3,400 right now. He's the fourth highest scoring tight end this season. I know Gronk was out for four weeks, kind of five, but Tom Brady loves throwing to his tight ends, his backup tight end. He'll be on the field a lot, and Seattle's notorious for not covering tight ends. We saw what Robert Woods, look, he's not a tight end, but he was going down the middle of the field all last week, and he tore them apart. He had a career game. Martellus Bennett lives in the middle of the field, and at that price, I like him a lot. I might be using two tight ends in DraftKings this week. I definitely think it's a good week to go to tight ends. I absolutely do. Somehow on DraftKings, tight ends just don't get priced the same as receivers. So a receiver who's getting 12 targets a game and then 9 and 8 like Lance Kendricks, like I was just saying, a receiver getting that many targets is going to cost a lot more than $3,000. I don't know why they do it that way, um, but using two tight ends seems to be what almost always ends up fitting in my lineup this year. Let's talk about defenses now. Do you think there's maybe a sneaky defense that could force a bunch of turnovers? You know, a, my, a sneaky defense, it's not that sneaky, but, I mean, as a Redskins fan, it just jumps out at me. I think the Redskins at home against Minnesota is such a good play. I mean, I think you could consider them a lock for double-digit points. I just don't see Minnesota's offense being capable of putting up a big game. And the Redskins have 22 sacks this year, and Minnesota's offensive line has been abysmal, allowing 21 sacks so far. The Redskins' weakness is that they haven't been great stopping the ground game, but Minnesota has the worst running game of like any team in so long. They're, allowing, they're getting like under, well under three yards per carry, so the Redskins shouldn't have a problem with that this weekend, uh, and if they can keep getting the kind of pressure on the QB they've been getting, I think they could force a lot of turnovers and have a huge game. You know, a lot of people are going to be playing the Minnesota Vikings because they're the Vikings, but Kirk Cousins at home is no joke. I think that I think that really the best bet to grab 10 DFS points is the Rams and the Jets who play each other. That could be a, a snore fest with tons of turnovers. Uh, I love it for fantasy, and it is really ugly. We've got the Rams projection for defense up around 40% ownership. A lot of people really? are going to be playing them. Yeah, it's, it's high, man. Our model... Our model is, is high on them. 2,900 on DraftKings for a defense that's typically a top seven defense. And they're going up against Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is all beat up. Um, it's it, it's going to be a good week for them. I trust them a lot. Our model likes them a lot. And that ownership might drop quite a bit. We'll see. Um, but I think a lot of people are going to be playing them this week. That's so interesting that you say that. Because knowing that, uh, I would definitely be more keen to look at the Redskins. Um, just... I mean, I was already probably going to play them, but knowing that so much of that ownership, because I did consider the Rams, um, but if I think the ownership will be that that skewed, then I'd rather take the Redskins, who I think are more contrarian. And then another team that's probably very safe to record 10 points, it just depends if you have the salary left over, would be the Cardinals at home against the 49ers. 
they could put up two or three touchdowns and just totally ruin everyone's lineups who doesn't have them. Um, so that's a thing where I, I hate fading such a good defensive unit, although their record is terrible somehow. I still think that defensive unit is really good. It definitely is. And they're playing they're playing Colin Kaepernick, who's going to throw two or three at least interceptions against this defense. Uh, it's a great play. It really is. But they're so expensive. They're going to be highly owned. But, um, you know, if, if they weren't so expensive, they would be up there around where the Rams are. But they're not. Yeah, I mean, Kaepernick is just a turnover machine. Last week, he just couldn't help himself with turning the ball over. He threw for 398 yards, and he still had to turn it over at least once. He just can't not do it. Now, the defense that I'm really intrigued by is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I haven't talked about them in either either of the other two episodes this week, but the Jaguars play Brock Osweiler. You already talked about how he might be the worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Blake Bortles might fight you over that, uh, but... It's a good situation. Jalen Ramsey, I already mentioned, he's a big-time playmaker. They've got a pretty good defense this season. It's Bortles that's killing them. They're going to give up some points because they give up bad field position, a lot of that because of the turnovers. But, you know, if they get a couple tur- if they get a couple turnovers in there themselves, maybe a touchdown, they could be really sneaky. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're the top defense this week. Now there's a slim chance, but that's the, that's the kind of chance you take in GPP. Right, yeah. I mean, so last week I had the Eagles D. And I really, I firmly believe it was a good play, but they started off horribly because Carson Wentz put the Giants like in field goal range for their first two drives by throwing picks. Uh, and it was so frustrating because the Giants were up 14-0 five minutes into the game. And it's not like my, my defense allowed one bad play in each drive, and that was all it took to score a touchdown because they started so close. And that's what the Jaguars defense keeps having done to them by Blake Bortles. Uh, and the Texans' D is no joke. So I would be concerned that the field position battle would just be lost, and that hurts your defense, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, the Jags D was the reason people thought they would have a good season. They thought Bortles would keep putting up good numbers, which was a facade because it was all garbage time last year. So I wasn't surprised at all. I, I remember, I don't know if it was your podcast or another one, that I went out on a limb and said the Jaguars will still finish in last and will be a huge disappointment this year. Uh, so that's pretty much happening. I, I don't think Bortles is good enough to lead a team to the playoffs not this at this point in his career um, but the defense is still solid their their record is deceivingly bad uh it went as far as the defense goes um so so yeah they, they could be a solid play because Osweiler is not good you know I want to clarify something we project the Rams for 40 percent on on DraftKings not on FanDuel on FanDuel we have them right around 15 percent just because the price difference is so severe the Rams are all the way down at 2900 on DraftKings and the Jaguars are down at 2300 That's why I like both of them a lot, especially on DraftKings. Now, on FanDuel, I'm a lot more inclined to go to the Cardinals. Right. Yeah, yeah. FanDuel doesn't really separate the defensive positions very much. I mean, the pricing. I mean, uh, almost all the defenses are priced so similarly. That it just takes a lot of strategy out of the game because you might as well just plug in the top. Exactly. Defense. Yep. All right, let's talk about stacks here before we go. Uh, if you had to pick one stack for cash games, who do you trust the most? Uh, you know, we think the best stack would probably either be Big Ben and AB or Cutler and Alshon. And you talked about how Cutler loves Alshon. That's probably my personal favorite just because I'd rather pay less. You know, I, I'd rather have my top stack not be breaking the bank right off the bat. Uh, and then Matt Ryan and Julio are also in the conversation, but at home Philly is a pretty good defense usually, and they could come to play and limit both of them. And like I just said, I, I don't want to go with the absolute most expensive guys for my stack. 
but but another guy, uh, we think Cam Newton and Kelvin Benjamin could be an interesting stack at home against the shaky KC pass defense. All those guys are, are worth considering. Who, who are your favorites? Cam Newton is really cheap. I, I'm surprised at how cheap he is. Uh, he's someone I should have mentioned in the quarterback section. He's not a bad play this week either, and we've seen him absolutely go off. They've been dropping his price. Um, but for me, if I'm going three-man stack, you're right on the money. Chicago Bears, Jay Cutler, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Miller. And look, I'm playing Travis Kelsey virtually everywhere. But, uh, you know, if you're going for a stack, I like Zach Miller right in there. It's a good matchup for him. And I could see the Bears putting up a lot of points against the Buccaneers. That's going to be, I think that might be the highest scoring game of the week. Yeah, it definitely could be. I like Miller as well. There's so many tight ends that we really like. And uh, we've had we've had a lot of success this year at DFI with tight end picks. For some reason, every time we, we say pick this tight end, he, he scores a touchdown, he has a big game. So we'll probably go with two tight ends this year and we give quite a few of them, or this week, and give quite a few of them to our users. Last week, I don't know if you saw, we wrote an article about why you shouldn't play Kyle Rudolph, even though he'll probably be the highest stone tight end. We didn't like him at all. And uh, we were aggravated because he caught one pass for one yard, and it was a touchdown. And so, I mean, he still wasn't good at six and a half points. Uh, but, I mean, we were thinking if that wasn't a touchdown, he would have he would have been the absolute worst possible pick at tight end. And we, we almost would have called it that he wouldn't do anything. Is there a contrarian stack that you really like? Uh, we, with news coming out that Marcus Mariota is dealing with an ankle injury, this could lead to small ownership. Uh, but he has a good matchup, and we're really high on Richard Matthews. And since he's one of our must-haves, we think Mariota could put up some good numbers against a banged-up Green Bay secondary, who, like you said, is really good on the ground. So if Mariota is feeling okay, and, and I, hopefully that's just that ankle injury, is really nothing big. Anybody at this point in the season is probably banged up a little bit. It's just a matter of who ends up on the practice report because they decide to take a limited day off in practice. So hopefully that just moves anybody else away from picking Mariota and, and that we can get that stack pretty pretty low-owned. You know, there's a, a real cheap stack that I'm fond of, and it's the Miami Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill throws to Jarvis Landry, and he throws to Devontae Parker, and not really anyone else. So if I'm playing three guys, contrarian stack, I like them all against the San Diego defense that – their secondary wasn't great to begin with. It was it was about mediocre, but now Verrett's out for the season, and I'd say it's a bad defense. Ryan Tannehill has had over 4,000 yards in a season, uh, once or twice, I believe, and you know he hasn't been great this year, but he's still talented enough to put up a big game here and there, so don't be surprised if it happens this week, and if it does, that means Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker are probably both going to have big games too. Yeah, I, I can see... That stack doing well, and I've thought we've thought to take that Miami stack quite a few times. Uh, and what just keeps happening is Jay Ajayi just gets all the carries. Uh, so, like you said, Ajayi's getting so many touchy, touches um, that it could make it hard for Tannehill to have a big week. I don't think all four of those guys will have a huge week, so make sure you don't play all of them. Uh, if you're going to use Ajayi like you said you are, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use Tannehill in that same lineup. All right, Justin. Well, that's all the questions we have for you this week. Really appreciate you coming on again. Uh, fun talking to you, and I'm, I'm looking forward to messing with my touring with my DFS lineups a little bit more here. Yeah, yeah, it should be a fun week. Thanks for having me on. Good luck. Thanks, Justin. And for those of you listening at home, that's all we have for you this week. Next week, we've got three more episodes, and we've got the fantasy footballers coming on to talk with us. It's going to be a fun week, so make sure to tune in for those. If you haven't already, please do us a quick favor. 
and take like 15 seconds, subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.